Hi everyone, I hope you're doing well today. Today I welcome you to join my conversation with Trevor Gibson, my cousin and someone who has had his fair share of loss and growth in his short life. But you won't catch him without a smile on his face. Thank you for being here. Welcome to Be Me. today, I want to pose a trigger warning. We will be talking about the loss and death of a young person today and how that has shaped our guest Trevor's life. If you are not in the space right now to listen to that kind of conversation, just click out of the podcast when I ask Trevor about his unique college experience. I really appreciate it. I think this is an important topic to be open about, but if it's not the time and place for you, I totally understand. Thank you. Welcome back to Beaming, everyone, and welcome for the first time, Trevor Gibson, my cousin who is on the show today. Thank you for chatting with me today, Trevor. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Me too. I'm like kind of going through the cousins now. I mean, gotta get the fam in here. Love them all, inspired by them all, but I'm especially excited to talk to you today. We have a lot of topics to cover, and I just want to start off by uh, giving you a chance to introduce yourself and kind of what you do and what your life is like in this crazy time to be alive. (laughs) Cool, yeah. So yeah, my name is Trevor. Sky and I are cousins. My dad and her mom are brother and sister, Bobby and Lori. So I have known Sky my entire life. I am three months, yeah, I'm three months older than Sky. Someone else, there's too many cousins to keep track of. Yeah, so I'm 25, like Sky. I grew up in Tacoma Park, Maryland, um, right outside DC. I see you're repping it on your hat. Oh, yeah. Tacoma Bevco. This is a coffee shop, cafe, restaurant that is owned by my old AP environmental science teacher from, from my high school. Ooh, that's cool. That's a cool connection. He's awesome, man. And I, and I actually worked there for eight months when I was finishing up grad school. Okay. So I moved to DC, uh, last February, uh, and then the pandemic happened and that that kind of sucked because I didn't really get to experience DC like I thought it was going to. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was interesting. I had a different perspective on things from uh, from the lens of COVID and uh, the pandemic and whatnot. And now I'm back in Maryland for a bit with my roommate Tom, and then hoping to go back to DC at some point because I, I really like living in DC. Um, I work at a clean energy nonprofit. I'm a research analyst, so do a wide variety of things um, with like renewable energy technologies, working with like electric utilities and how we can, you know, make our electric grid cleaner. Um, so there's like obviously exciting things happening now with, with the Biden administration and like once again, having people in the government that actually believe in science and, <laughs> and, and, and uh, prioritize climate change is like one of the top threats to, to this country and the world over the next couple of decades. So that's a good thing. You know, it's nice to be working in a world again where the government, you know, supports what we're doing and there's more opportunities and stuff. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, that's kind of like, a, I guess, a high level view of what I did. I went to University of Maryland for undergrad and grad. I did environmental science for my undergrad degree and then public policy for my master's in international security. Um, I was in a counterterrorism program type of thing for two and a half years in undergrad. So I kind of have a, an interest at some point in working um, along those two concentrations of like environmental science and climate with like security. Um, I'd love to be able to do at some point work on like issues of climate change and um, how it exacerbates conflict in you know, different parts of the world, wow. but you know, one day maybe. That's so interesting. I would never think that, I mean, obviously now that you say it, I'm like, oh yeah, those things collide obviously, but that's interesting. Like how, when did you figure out that you could actually do both? Did, was that always a goal or did you kind of just focus on each and then yeah. discovered how it could combine? Sure. Yeah. No, it was definitely something that came about later on when I kind of was on these like two tracks studying both like in this program and then in my major and then realizing that I was like really interested in like international affairs and stuff, but also cared about the environment. Um, and I think like, you know, while I was in college, there was more attention put on like climate change and like, you know, even it's become even more in the forefront today, but like the issues, the security issues that climate change like will bring and things that'll, that'll exacerbate, like, you know, you already have, Tons of really unfortunate civil conflict around the world caused by a number of things, like including like drought, for instance, that has caused like mass migrations and starvation and stuff. And and you have sea level rise, you know, there's millions of people that are going to be displaced and those are going to cause conflicts. And I think it's a it's a really interesting intersection between those two like high level topics. Um, I don't really know like what exactly I'd like to do, but I think that those two issues are really interesting. You know, I care about the environment and I, I like to, you know, I want to be able to, you know, hopefully do something to help people, um, you know, and who knows, it's a big problem with no easy solution. So, but that, that's kind of how that, um, kind of came about as an interest. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a great time to be working in that field and on those issues, just because, I mean, these days there's so many organizations and companies and products that are changing the way we can take care of our planet and recycle and reuse. So it seems like people are finally getting on the bandwagon. I would like to say that in seventh grade, I realized that our lunch trays were not being recycled. So I went to <laughs> the administration and, well, first I talked to the lunch ladies and they were like, shut up, kid. And then I went to the administration and was like, why do we stack these just for them to be thrown away? I thought that they were being like taken care of. So we set up a way to recycle them, which yeah. is the best thing I've done for the environment to date. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm very, I try to be conscious. But <laughs> oh, I know, I know you are. You care about that kind of thing. You were, you were in some ways a pioneer for probably some, some changes in uh, lunchroom protocol. For sure. I mean, it might've just been at Holmes middle school, but. You never know. <laughs> you changed the way that all of what, Fairfax County public schools dispose of their lunch trays or now maybe reuse 
reducing yeah. cycle then. So good for you. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> I should follow up. I should reach out and say, hey. Let me get some credit. <laughs> have you continued to do I bet they like saw me leave that school and they're like, thank God we don't have to do this shit anymore. <laughs> that girl is that pain, so she's no longer a pain in our butt. Exactly. <laughs> the lunch people are all like <laughs> kids these days trying to change the world it is pretty nuts like I feel like you know there was some of that when we were that age but now I hear about like kids in middle school and high school that are just doing like really remarkable things yeah it's like even it's got even you know they've notched it up another level I love it yeah wow kids these days are just can't beat them on any level no you can't you really can't (laughs) Like Mason and Camille, they're going to be the next pioneers, our little cousins. They are. Oh my God. They're the, uh, they're the youngest of the bunch and they're getting so old now. I know. Honestly, so upsetting. Every time I see Camille and she's like a teenager, I get really stressed out. And the first time I saw Mason as a teenager, so, so precious, but they were our little baby cousins. I know. It's crazy how time flies. At least now we have a new baby cousin. I know. To start the next generation. Little Teddy. <laughs> Sam posted a Instagram story. You probably maybe you saw it of him sledding with Kyle. And it was so cute. I think I saw one of them. Yeah. I got to go back and look. Yeah. He had the biggest smile on his face as his dad was pulling him in the sled. And his like in his like like big snowsuit where like he's like not strong enough to actually move so he's just like stuck in place yeah i haven't even met him yet this silly pandemic so yeah. rude i'm the only cousin that's gotten yeah, to yeah. and i'm going to i'm going to hold that until i can't right. anymore well how do you feel about growing up in a big family like i can't imagine life any other way obviously cuz i haven't lived it but i'm like just so thankful of for all of our cousins and all of our all of our family like that oh yeah is so amazing it really is and we just have we owe it all to pop up and mimi for having five children it's true um we owe I, it all to them. exactly no i love it i loved having i mean three of the five siblings all like were in the dc area so like all of us as their children got to see each other on a regular basis. It was awesome. And then obviously going up to Connecticut altogether. Yeah. I very thankful. I do wish I had a sibling. <laughs> I'm not going to, but right. it was, it's been very nice having so many loving close cousins because definitely lucky because uh, there are some people, you know, who aren't as close to their cousins. Yeah. So. Whenever I talk to people and like their cousins are kind of like distant cousins who they've never met or they've, you know, seen at a holiday every once in a while, I'm just like, Wow. I'm so thankful that we got to grow up and that a lot of us were in the same age range. Yes, so definitely. even Brooke being older, like she's still, you know, she wasn't too, too old for us. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, when the younger cousins came along, that was so exciting. <laughs> um, but I think about that all the time. I'm just so lucky. And then seeing everyone grow up and who they're becoming and what they're doing and getting married. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm I can't I can't out. wait for Brooke's wedding. I'm excited for the day we'll be all safe and get to celebrate and like she said in her announcement email, dance together. <laughs> See you on the yes. dance floor. <laughs> yes, I gotta practice a bit. My <laughs> my my dance moves at Kyle's were 
not good for a number of reasons, um, <laughs> including the fact that I was like in a sling. Yeah, wait, <laughs> you were in a sling, which is honestly a perfect transition <laughs> to chatting about that insane challenge that you've had for the past few years. So what the heck happened to your shoulder in the first place? So yeah. Trevor had shoulder surgery, which is kind of a tongue twister. It was March 5th, March, March 5th, 2019. 2019. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That moved by so quickly. I know, right? We're coming up on two years now. I'm, wow. So back in college, I was, I'll give you the, you know, I'll give you the, the details. Let's see. Okay. Remember, yeah. Back in college, I had a summer internship in Atlanta and I was just working out like a good amount that summer. And I hurt my shoulder at the gym, but like, I didn't really know like what I did. I just knew that like, I hurt it and I was mm-hmm. like, oh man, but I didn't really think anything of it. And then I got back to school fall 2016 at Maryland, my senior year. And I was playing flag football and I like reached out for a flag and my arm just like came out no, no. <laughs> and I was shocked. I was like, never felt anything like this. Um, and I like walked over to the sideline and this girl was on the sideline and I like, looked at her and I was like, I don't know. It just like, Oh God. And I, and then I pulled it and like put it back into place. Cause it dislocated. Oh and, she, my God. and like, she heard the crunch and it was, it was uh yeah. <laughs> that girl scarred for life. She probably is. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that was the beginning of it. And then I like went to the doctor's, I think it's cartilage. It's like a disc, like a donut around the ball socket of your shoulder Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like partially torn. So the doctor was like, Oh, you could probably do physical therapy um, and help it. So I did physical therapy and it like seemed to help it some. And then I was at the gym again, working out and I like tried to put something down over my head and oh, it just, dis- it dislocated for the second time. And then it, I was so mad. I was so mad. Uh, oh, I was like, God. I like left the gym with my friend, Kevin. I was like yelling. I was so upset. Oh, Cause no. I knew, I knew that like that meant like, yeah, well, this is going to need surgery. And then mm-hmm. over the next two years, I dislocated it probably over 20 times. One time I dislocated it in my sleep. I woke up because I dislocated it. Cause I was like moving my arm back and then like, yeah, um, that was that was really bad. <laughs> That's but, terrifying. But like, I didn't like. Uh, for some reason, I like ha- didn't have any urgency to go get it fixed. And then in s- winter, the beginning of 2019, I did it again at the gym. There's like a common theme here between my shoulder getting hurt and being at the gym. Yeah. Uh, and then I was just like, I got home and I called to set up an appointment with the same doctor. I had to go, like go get another MRI and a CAT scan. Mm-hmm. Was he like, where have you been? Why did you not like why take did, care of this? <laughs> yeah. Why did you not tell me? So yeah. why did you not come in after like the f- next time? And I just like, I think I just like had a lot going on with school and like life. Right. 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 And it definitely like left it go too long. I left, you know, and I, I, you know, I learned a lot from that now looking back on it. But so I ended up getting surgery in March and he, I ended up like, like the operation ended up being like twice as long as he thought because it was so bad. Like my labrum was completely torn off. So like there was nothing like supporting the, like the shoulder socket. Oh God. 
So then I was, uh, you know, came home. Um, my dad was out of town and my mom teaches. So she had to go to school and I like need someone to take care of me or like, at least like kind of help me because mm-hmm. like, I couldn't really do much. I couldn't like move very much because they told me it would be bad for my shoulder. So yeah. Aunt, Aunt Lisa, Brooke and Marshall's mom came and t- took care of me. It was so nice of her for like oh. five days. She, oh like, my come, gosh. I she would like, that. yeah, she would like come during the day and make me, make me lunch and stuff. <laughs> Um, I just watched, uh, I think I, that I binge watched the show, Madam Secretary. Mm. Um, I just happened to pick that show. That was, I'd never watched it before. It was pretty good. I, I didn't end up finishing it. I stopped after like a couple of seasons, but, uh, yeah. so that, yeah, that's what happened. And now you're just fully, I mean, obviously it's been years of recovery, but now you're back in the gym, you bike a lot. How does your gym do home workouts? Like, do you just meet, oh, you meet over Zoom? Yes. Right? So I do this thing called, um, it's, it's funny. It's kind of corny, cheesy, but I love it called life of gains. Mm. It's these two, um, guys I went to high school with West and Simon, and they're like both personal trainers and started this kind of like personal training company. And they've like grown it into what it is today. And it's like very cool what they've done. They've been really innovative with the pandemic. So it's um, like, for instance, right now I'm doing a three month program with them and it's all like online, but um, we have like these, all this whole set of like bands and all these other contraptions um, and you can do it all from home and we just do it on zoom every day. That's awesome. And it's really cool. So yeah, I haven't been going to the gym, but I've been doing that and I biked a bunch this summer. So it's been really nice not having to worry about my shoulder. I mean, I think it'll always be in the back of my mind because I'm like yeah. definitely going to be scarred by the yeah. the memory of dislocating it because it was not fun. But yeah, it was a long recovery that was not fun and kind of depressing at times. It was like really good to be where I'm at today. I feel like people take their able bodies for granted because the minute you can't move something or like you injure or like you get sore or can't then do your daily routine or exercise or get outside and be active. Oh my God. It does a toll on my mental health. I feel like a lot of people's mental health because my gosh, just being stationary and not especially when you, when you were able to do something in the past, I know my brother has had, is having some shoulder problems and like, he just gets so depressed every day because he can't do what he used to be able to do. Um, so I can imagine that your recovery was, was hard and long. (laughs) And I feel like you must be a stronger person out of that though, because now you have like you know what it's like to not be able to exercise and move. And now, you know, you're, you're strong enough to do those things. Like you said, you'll probably have some PTSD. I'm going to have PTSD from just like talking to you about it. So (laughs) next time I reach for something, I'd be like, let me just make sure you're okay. But wow, that's a long, that's a long process. It sucked for a while. Yeah. I talked to Kirk about it this summer. Some, cause he was telling me about his like shoulder stuff. It was like tough physically and mentally, like leading up to like getting surgery, just like for the two years, knowing that like my shoulder was like in a way permanently damaged, you know, until I got there. The only thing that would have fixed that was surgery. And so like, just knowing that like, I couldn't do certain things 
And it was like really discouraging. I mean, there's a lot of other things that, that I think we might talk about today that like kind of, you know, were tough over that same time period. But uh, that was definitely discouraging. Like, you know, I gained weight. I just like couldn't be active. It was just like, I felt like I was like digging a hole yeah. for myself and like getting deeper and then like having the surgery and then kind of realizing like the amount of work that it was going to take to like heal my arm was daunting. And like, it was hard to like get up, look at myself in the mirror and be like, geez, like got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of work to do um, to just like try and become healthy again for my shoulder and like just physically in general. So yeah, it was tough. It was rewarding at the end of the day. I think now, like I've only just recently kind of been feeling this in the last year, feeling kind of a reward, mm-hmm. like the hard work paid off. And that even though like, you know, it, it, there was definitely down days and the progress was slow it was worth it yeah, uh, for sure. So that's definitely something I didn't really think about, but think looking back, it was uh, uh, maybe a good thing to go through. Maybe I'll think more about, you know, being mindful about my body and not taking it for granted. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how did you at like the lowest points when you said you were digging yourself into a hole, what forced you to start climbing out? Was it just started with getting surgery and realizing you like had the opportunity to make things, you know, to like fix your arm or was there anything that really like pushed you? Yeah. I I mean, I think it was a combination of things. I think it was interesting. I started working out with West, who's one of the personal trainers that I mentioned earlier with the life of gains. I started working out with him like January, 2019, like right before I dislocated my shoulder for the last time. Mm -hmm. And I think I started doing that. And that was kind of also egged on. I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, by my friend JB who had been working out with him. And I think I just kind of realized like, I've got to make a change here. Like, even though my shoulder's still messed up, like I don't feel like Trevor. I'm just like stuck in these like unhealthy ways. Um, And then when I just gave my shoulder for the last time, I was like pretty much just like, screw this. I can't, this cannot continue to happen. Like I need to do something to fix this. That was good to have that realization finally after two years. Yeah. Um, it's too bad it didn't happen earlier, but I've realized you can't blame yourself. It, everyone uh, goes goes along about things on their own schedule, um, so yeah. you're ready when you when you're ready. Um, so, yeah. that, but I think that was one of the big turning points was just being fed up with like how I felt and like how my what my shoulder was had become, which was like basically um, it was non functional. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, I'm glad that you're starting to see the reward. Finally, I truly like, I don't know, in those times, it's hard to think that there will be a good day or there will be a reward at the end. But at the end of the day, like those painful things are not put into our lives if we can't handle them. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I mean, how strong you are now and how dedicated you are to taking care of yourself. I mean, that's just everything to show for what you went through and what you deserve on the other end of it. So it's inspiring that you kept going and got, got the help and the uh, surgery that you needed. And then I I've heard you mention multiple people that helped you along the way too. And sometimes just like a workout buddy or someone to keep you uh, on track and mode. And some days you're not motivated. Like sometimes I'll wake up early in the morning and some 
one of my friends would be like, why would you do that? Like before a whole day of work and like, well, at this point it's not like, I'm not motivated to do it. I'm just, I'm just dedicated. <laughs> like there are sometimes you just, you have to have discipline and, um, that's, that pulls in when the motivation is gone, but having friends and people around you that want you to succeed and want you to feel good again, um, that's like the best feeling ever. Oh yeah. It's, yeah, it really is. And it makes, you know, going through something that makes you realize, like, it's a reminder for me to make sure that I'm like supportive of my friends and the people and my family and the people I care about, um, you know, because it was really important for me, even if, you know, and I maybe not, didn't realize that. Um, and it's something, you know, this, it's like the little things, they just add up and are super, super important and can really change someone's perspective or change someone's day. Even if, and even if you're doing something you don't really even think about. Yeah. So it's a good reminder on the other end for me to realize like, Hey, like, you know, I do this little thing that could mean a lot more to some, one of my friends than maybe I thought it did similarly to when they did something for me. And it was like, it meant a lot, even if it was just something simple for them. Agreed. It's all about those, those small things that you don't think twice about, but then like, those are the things that we remember, like other people remember. So, and the things that us ourselves remember when other people do them. So going through something like that helps you realize the things that really matter and the things that will help other people to survive in this crazy life. Um, I, I totally believe that. You had quite an interesting college experience, probably did not go the way you might have thought it would have. I don't want to put any words at all in your mouth. So if you want to just talk openly about it and at any point you're like, I think this is good or, you know, let's not do this. You, it's all, it's all up to you. Sure. No, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. So um, where to start? It's been a lot. And I've, I've really been thinking a lot about what I'm going to say just generally, not for this podcast, but just generally like more recently, I, I, and I'll mention it later, but like I started therapy recently and it's been, it's actually something that I wish I had done a long time ago, but, um, as my therapist, who's all, he's awesome has reminded me, like we all like get there in our own time. Yeah. Um, but, but doing that is like, it's, it's a, it's a long, it's going to be a long process, but it's slowly unpacking things and understanding like my feelings and how I've been impacted by these, these losses. But yeah, so like I said, I went to the university of Maryland, it, going to college was, I think weird at first or not weird, but I, when I applied to college and stuff, I had this like idea in my head that I really wanted to go to like a small liberal arts school. And then I ended up going to the big state university, like 20 minutes from home. Uh, but, but looking back on it, best decision I could have made, uh, not only financially, uh, also got a great education, but um, a l- bunch of other reasons is why I really loved Maryland. You know, obviously, you know, it had its ups and downs, but um, one of my best friends um, and one of my first friends, Lowell, um, we had known each other since we were like three. Um, we went to preschool together and then on and off we're in school together. He went to like a Spanish immersion program at one point. So we weren't in school together for a couple of years, um, but we like, grew up playing baseball and soccer together um and went to high school and it was it was interesting i think of my relationship with lowell is actually being the strongest in college 
Um, like we were always like really good friends, but in college was like the time when we became closest. And so Lowell and I lived in the dorms next to each other. And I, so we were both in these like living learning communities and I, I was in this like global, I was in this thing called global communities and he was in honors humanities. And I did a pretty bad job of being like a good member of global communities because I was never participating in, in like anything or like getting to know many people. Cause I was always over at Lowell's dorm next door. Aww. So it was like the, like the joke was that like, I was like part of honors humanities, but I, I didn't have to like take all these like ridiculously hard, like literature classes and stuff. And like, which was like awesome for me. Cause I, you know, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> um, so it was weird. So I was always hanging out with Lowell and Lowell and I became like inseparable during our first years of college, mm-hmm. like super close, uh, hanging out all the time. And then, um, on May 11th, 2015, he passed away unexpectedly. He collapsed on a, on a Maryland like school shuttle bus. He was, he had gone to the urgent care, like down on the, the main route one in off of campus. Uh, Cause he had like, been coughing a bunch over the last like, you know, month, couple of weeks, but he thought it was just like a, like a cold or something. And honestly, there wasn't any reason to think it wasn't. So he, he passed away and no one really knew what happened. And then about a month later, we found out that he had had uh, cancer um, and that's what killed him. He had testicular cancer and it, it spread to his lungs. So it metastasized. And like, that was why he, he's died because his lungs just stopped functioning. And that was like the reason why he was like always out of breath and coughing and stuff. So that was, that was really tough. Um, I mean, that's not only a loss, that's shocking. Like that's, it's like one of those things that feels like there's no reason. I mean, like how? Yeah. Yeah. It was like just out of left field. It was like, there's no clue in it. It was just super tough because it was like this person that I had have had known for 17 years and who had become my best friend in college, you know, was gone. Um, we did everything together at his memorial service. There was actually a couple, they like did a slideshow and there was the people who like put it together. I like contributed some photos, but I didn't know about this, but they had like a section for Trevor and Lowell. Oh. And that was really touching. It was just all photos of us. But yeah, it was uh, it was tough. I think I've kind of thought more about this. Like I said recently, with t- like therapy and stuff resonated. That was like a huge turning point in my life because I lost. It was like I lost my childhood innocence. I was no longer a kid. Like I, you know, I'll say like I'm super lucky to grow up in such a loving, you know, middle income family with like the resources I needed to succeed and stuff. So I it never really, you know, there are so many other people in this world that have gone through a lot worse than I have. This was like the first real thing that happened to me that was a shock. And, I, and it, it was during a time in my life where I'm like becoming independent and trying to figure myself out. And then all of a sudden this happens. And I like very quickly was forced to like grow up in a way that I wasn't prepared for. I had to somehow figure out what had happened and I was asking myself why this happened. And I had struggled for, I still am struggling. I mean, it's not, it's not something that's, you know, takes, it takes time and I'm learning to deal with it, but it was something that I think for a while I, I was open. I was fine talking about it. Um, 
you know, and I was really, I was really involved with, um, and I think this was kind of a coping mechanism, but like really involved with this big fundraiser that we had to raise money for testicular cancer, which Sky came to. It was so nice of her. And I still have this little note she wrote me uh, when she, when she left. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, it was so sweet. It really warm. Nope. <laughs> I'll have to, I'll, I think I have a picture of it. I'll send it to you. But, hmm. uh, I mean, you did so much to then raise awareness and like, I feel like every inch of Maryland's campus now has <laughs> something dedicated to Lowell, which is like, it, it was, I mean, it was his family too. And all of you, yeah. you were in the same fraternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, the fact that you all came together and made so many memorable pieces of the campus dedicated to him. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. And I just like, I can't imagine like your college years, those years of like getting to make mistakes and like have fun and mess up and learn to be on your own. Like you said, finding your independence. I just, how do you keep doing all those things when now there's like this, this hole that Mm -hmm. was so unexpectedly left? Yeah. Um, I think I, I didn't for a while. I think, I think I created this facade, not intentionally, but, um, as it was like how I coped with it was like, you know, I did things like I was really, passionate about you know raising money and awareness and honoring Lowell because Lowell was a really incredible person you know he wasn't perfect none of us are but he was gonna do some really cool things he was brilliant it sucks thinking about like you know what we're all missing out on when the day after he died uh his parents were like interviewed and um by the by this news station the local cbs news station and I think it was his dad who said, like, the world has lost more than we have, which was, like, really heavy to hear, but, like, true. Because, um, you know, Lowell cared deeply about a lot of things and really wanted to to do, you know, he wanted to do a lot of things, too. He was a filmmaker. He was he was a double major government politics film. He had a full ride scholarship to Maryland. Like, wow. he was brilliant. Um, and so that was tough, but I think, you know, I, I put up this, like, you know, I was directing all of my energy towards like doing things to remember him and stuff, which was able to like, you know, thinking back on it, it was, I think it was a mechanism for me to kind of push away my feelings and how I felt and how I was impacted. And I think that, you know, that ended up like actually in some ways having a pretty negative impact on how I dealt with it. Not, not to say that I wouldn't, I don't think I should have done all those things. Cause like I would do all those things over again that it meant a lot to me. And I know it meant a lot to his parents. Um, that, that was the right, that was what I needed to do. Um, but I didn't take the time to understand for myself how this impacted me. Cause I, you know, I'm a, what was I 20 years old? going to my junior year of college, like these are the, this is like the time, like you said, like you're in college, like you want to have fun and stuff. And it's like, I like, I guess, you know, it was like, I still wanted to do all that stuff, but then I had this huge thing happen, this huge loss. And I didn't manage that well. And I, and I think for a while I put on this facade that like I was okay, but I really wasn't. Um, and it ended up like impacting me poor negatively. It was tough. I don't, you know, that was a good, that's a good question that, I'm kind of only just really thinking about more recently. Yeah. 
And did you think back then, like, I should be in therapy? Or did people say, are you talking to someone? Or, you know, or was that a thought? Or was it only recently that you realized it was time? I think initially, no. I mean, not that I can really remember. It was definitely not something that was like, it doesn't, nothing sticks out. I don't really think so. And I think it was just um, maybe I, me thinking I was okay, mm-hmm. even though even though I wasn't. Um, I think later, like as the years went on, it was more clear that maybe I, you know, it would have been good to do therapy or something. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, in the moment you were, you found other, like you said, you were finding other ways that you might've thought were covering or coping. But at the end of the day, when, what you know, in your heart, if you're okay or not, and I guess like the people around you can only do so much to support you if you're not taking steps to helping yourself too. Yeah, no, exactly. And how is a 20 year old supposed to know to like do those things? Like you don't, you don't do that. I mean, exactly. It's there's, there's no, uh, there's no manual for how to deal Mm -hmm. with it really. Yeah. So I, and I, I realize I don't blame myself. There's, there's nothing that I did wrong. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no way to know how something like that's going to impact you. But it, it was obviously just this like huge hole for the next, you know, well, for the rest of my life. But like immediately in college, like coming back that next year and like Lowell not being there, we were going to live together that fall. Yeah, it was, it was tough. And I don't think I'll ever have the answers for what I could have done differently. And I don't think I should, I, you know, I think sometimes I blame myself um, and I know I shouldn't, but it's tough sometimes. Yeah. I mean, grief is going to present itself in different ways in every different person. And I think the fact that you're learning about it now and talking to someone who is a professional who can talk to you about like your mind. I mean, it's all, it's, it's too much to, to grasp like as a human. Sometimes I think like, why why do humans like do this to themselves and why like are we put through these things that like our minds can't wrap themselves around I'm trying to think of like a an example but sometimes I'll be just driving and thinking about like the endless like how we're all just like little rocks in space like truly nothing right and I'm like well, why how well, that is so rude to make me like knowledgeable enough to know that I, that nothing matters and that I'm like a little speck, but like, then you don't give me the tools to like, know, like accept that. And like right. wanting to keep living because that just like puts, that's what, those are the things that like put me in a hole of not like nothing matters. That scares me to, to, to death because it's like, there are just these grand things that so hard to handle. And I think you went through like one of the biggest things. And I think it's amazing the work that you've put into celebrating his life, but also the work that you're now putting into yourself and you get to like his life, his light is shining through you and every person that he knew and touched. And now you get to live the best version of yourself and, and you get to fail and you get to do all these things for him and for you and in honor of him. So I think it takes a strong person to step out of, 
to, to come back from something like that. And, um, I've seen you do it for years and I'm sad that you were holding things in, but I also don't blame you because that's a way of concealing the pain. And I'm really happy that you're, you're talking to someone and working through that because grief is one of those never ending things. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. But it's just learning like how to live with it and how to like make it a part. Like it's okay that it's a part of you. That's exactly right. It'll be a part of, you know, each person that's touched with it. So thanks for, for talking about it. I think like for young people, it's just like things like the fact that you were put through that at such a young age and the fact that his life was taken at such a young age. It's, you know, it's just, it's so hard to talk about and to listen to. It's just so upsetting. It's definitely like, yeah, one of the most upsetting things to just generally like young people dying, you know, because there's just so many years lost when someone young dies. Uh, Cause like you said, I mean, he's, He's up there somewhere, yeah. you know, watching me, all of his friends and his mom and dad. That's always a nice thing to think, you know, doing, you know, just do living my life, trying to just trying. I think trying is the big thing. You're not always going to do everything as, you know, perfectly. You're not, you're not always going to achieve the things that you think about wanting to, but, um, you know, putting that foot forward, even if maybe took you a while to, to put your foot forward and make the step to, you know, healing in my case. Um, you know, I know that he would, you know, that's just what he wants for me. Well, in terms of taking those steps forward, I know we already talked a little bit about like your goals for, or, you know, what you imagine as your career combining your two passions are there any other things way out there in the future just if you could throw out like just some dreams that were bound to come true any of those it can be like personally or travel wise or career wise that's a that's a good question yeah it's crazy I was talking to my roommate Tom about this just like five years is a long time but it's also not that long but it is and it's like in five years like things are going to be so different and it's just, you're going to look back and be like, wow, how, how did that happen? Who knows? Maybe I'll have kids in five years. I, I <laughs> not even going to talk anymore about that. I have no idea. It's also unfortunate not to be like sad again, thinking like back like five years ago, what was it beginning of 2016, like less than a year after Lowell died. And then fast forwarding five years. And now like I've lost two really close friends you know, it, it does kind of, maybe this is a bad way to think about things, but it does kind of suck. Um, the thing about, you know, five years from now, they're, you know, unfortunately human, human life is filled with life is filled with a lot of loss and hurt sometimes. Um, wow. That was, that was dark. Maybe, I don't know. Like, I think you just said that like tomorrow isn't promised and in the next five years isn't promised to literally anyone. Yeah. You know, that's why I try not to plan five years ahead. Cause you literally can't cause you should be living each day like it's your last because sometimes we don't get to decide those things. Definitely. I don't know. Like I said at the beginning with your shoulder, there will be like, I hate, I hate people that are like, oh, you're suffering. Well, it was meant to happen. <laughs> yes. No, I don't, I don't like really believe that, but 
you'll keep growing and you'll keep understanding and learning and accepting and being upset and you get to live all those emotions as a human. And that's sometimes terrifying, but also like, we're lucky that we get to do all those things. Yeah, exactly. Definitely, you know, lucky to be alive and like seeing another day. So I thought let's do a little game of trivia with Trev. Trivia with Trev. I love that. Yes, let's do it. I just have a few fun questions. They're of all different variety. Okay. I'm excited. I'm going to probably going to do terribly. I know. I was like, should I pick like really hard questions? But I decided to do a random one. So we'll try to answer them together, but we'll, we'll, we'll quiz you first. Okay. What measurement of time is used for Olympic swimming competitions? What? What measurement of time? <laughs> Seconds? I don't know. It's it's like so specific. <laughs> One millionth of a second. Oh my god, of course. I know this is gonna make me depressed. Okay. What are great waves resulting from earthquakes? Wait, is this is this like sci- a scientific question or is this like a riddle? This is a scientific. What what are great waves again? What are the great waves resulting from earthquakes? Waves. What are the great waves resulting from earthquakes? Oh, oh, tsunami. Yes. Yes. Good job. Okay. The Napa Valley is located in which U.S. state? Easy. California. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Would love to go there one day. I don't even know this. On what TV show did the characters often hang out at the Warsaw Tavern? Oh, we're you're never gonna know this. Do you know it? No. Um, the Warsaw Tavern TV show. I mean, Warsaw isn't is Poland, but I don't. I, I'm gonna guess it's some like American sitcom. Yeah. Um, is it? Always sunny in Philly, or is it? No, I've literally Seinfeld? never heard of it. No. <laughs> what is it? The Drew Carey Show. Uh, that sounds like vaguely familiar. What the heck? That's... It does sound like a sitcom, though, so I feel like you're right. I get half credit. Yes. Okay. The Pomsky dog breed is a mix between which two dogs? Pomeranian and a Husky. Yeah, what? That's real? Th- those are two very different sized breeds of dogs. <laughs> oh, no, this is fake. Let me see. Oh, my God. <laughs> this has to be fake. <gasps> you got, gotta love genetically engineered, engineered dogs. of dogs. Oh, my God. Wow. They probably, they probably cost like seven grand. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's see. What country released the world's first Christmas postage stamp? Japan. Nope, Canada. Oh, I almost (laughs) said Canada. Really? Kind of. It was like, it was in there. It was like between US, Canada, Japan, and Australia. Gosh, I had no idea. There's no reason. There was no reason to rhyme for those complete guesses. <laughs> okay, where is the Grand National Horse Race held? Um, 
the grand national horse race. I mean, it's not like the Kentucky Derby or anything. Uh, Saratoga Springs, New York. Kyle, our cousin, loves going to see horse racing there. He really does. Now it's Liverpool, England. (laughs) Okay, one more. Okay. Ooh, this is a good one. The cooking spray Pam stands for what? I thought it was someone's name, Pam. Oh, it's an acronym? (laughs) Please apply me. No. (laughs) Wait, can I guess again? Yeah. (laughs) That That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, that makes sense. I wish it was that track, but I mean, is that like not even close? Not really. No, okay. It's, okay. Yeah, it's not a saying. It's not like a cute thing. I'm afraid. Um, I don't know. What is it? This is going to be really disappointing. Yeah, it is. Sorry. Product of Arthur Meyerhoff. <laughs> oh, good thing they made it an acronym. Honestly, that is hilarious. Oh, here's an, one more. Okay, well, I like it. Yeah, we got to end on one where I get it right. Yeah, I know you can do this. Okay, who was the first winner of American Idol? Well, I know Kelly Clarkson was like one of the first couple. It Was it Kelly Clarkson? Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. Good job. Wow. Oh, I could do this all night. Trivia with Trev. Maybe we'll bring you back for a bonus episode, a full yeah. episode of Trev. Yeah, bring me, bring me back and get to compete against your next trivia with whoever. It's true. Well, I've never done trivia with anyone before, so. Right. Am I your first here. person that's name starts with T? Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense then. It was so nice to talk to you and just hear more about your life. And I know people will be incredibly touched by your entire journey so far. So where can people kind of follow along with your life, Trevor? Um, at uh, Sippy Cups. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking with uh, Tom about that. I, I, I can never change the name of my Instagram as long as I have one. Yeah. Okay. So uh, sippy cups, I'll put it in the the description so people don't have to go cool. and like search all those Z's and S's and I don't even know how to spell it. I think there's, I think there's two Z's, so it's a little okay. tricky. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and one, one P, not two P's. It's all just so confusing, but <laughs> I will link it so you can follow along with Trevor's life. I love seeing you post like when you're with your little workout group and everything and your bike rides. I mean, when you're riding around DC, some of those sites. Oh my God. I love it. I can't wait for warm weather again. I know. I've been deprived of biking. Thank you again for being on Trevor. Yeah. Thank you, Sky. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to Beaming this week. I hope you were as inspired by Trevor's story as I was and I constantly am. Make sure to follow him and follow along with Beaming on Instagram as well. Sending you all love and happiness today. Bye-bye.